Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Colley. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host... Garrett K. Jones. And also... Oh, we've ahead. got a guest in the in the studio. We do. We do. All the way from Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, he is a writer, contributor to Geek News Now, part of the GNN family, John Ambrose. Ambrose, John, what should I call you? Uh, you can call me Ambrose. It's fine. That's what they all call me in the writer's area. So, yeah, that's uh, fine. Uh, thanks for having me on. It'll be yeah. less confusing, especially since we have two Johns here. Yeah, we can do we can do like a a fusion, you know, John squared. <laughs> awesome. That'll sell. Tickets. All right. Um, well, we need to before we start, we need to start off with some sad news: the passing of Carl Weathers, known better to Star Wars fans as Grief Karga. Um. Yeah, I just I haven't really read a lot. I just saw a little a little clip. A uh, little post um, about his passing. So, um, I found out from a local radio station here. They made some mention of it, and I'm just like, "What the heck?" Like, didn't know he was sick. Didn't know anything was going on with him. No. All of a sudden, Carl Weathers is, you know, he's no longer uh, Action Jackson. No. Yeah, he uh, apparently passed when he sleep. There's very little detail. I mean, he was 76, so he might have just, mm. yeah, might have just laid down for a nap and. That was it. And yeah. uh, it might not be much of a story to it because I was trying to do research on it because I did a write up for the site. And uh, they really, whether his family was being private or not, that's their business. I don't know. But there yeah. really, really wasn't much you could find on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, if you look back in the 80s, I mean, I, I mean, I, not, not, I wouldn't say a huge action star, but he was oh. in. Not, not to the, not to the, not to the point of like a Stallone or a oh, he, that level. I mean, but he was he, in everything. In well, yeah, Rambo, the Predator, to in, Rocky. In my research, he actually got screwed out of his own franchise. Mm. Um, what happened was because when I was doing research for this write-up, according to him, Action Jackson was going to be a franchise and it did well at the box office and they were set yeah. to because he proved himself with Stallone and Rocky. He proved himself against uh, opposite Schwarzenegger. So they thought he had the chops to carry a franchise and Action Jackson was well received. But there was an issue with the distribution rights and other rights to the movie and any future projects involving Action Jackson were shelved indefinitely, so he had no shot at getting his own franchise after that. Yeah, yeah that was that was kind of a shame. And I, like, I've only seen parts of Action Jackson, but like, I mean, everything else that I've ever seen Weathers in was, I mean, like his performances were fantastic. Like, I, I think aside from Predator, the first time I ever saw him in anything was Happy Gilmore, and he was so <laughs> funny in that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I, the best way I could describe him is that he's he's a classic. They don't make actors like him anymore mm -hmm. because he's one of those guys that was never in the spotlight, but everyone knew who he was. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. never got an award, but everyone knew he was deserving of one. 
Yep. And and you know, like he never he never got he got his big break with Rocky and Predator, but he never really got the break he deserved in regards to getting his own thing. But um he made the best of it and everyone loved him and he was a good guy. So safe home, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Carson Power. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, before we get uh, not before we get started, but as we go into our main topic for the day, we want to make the uh, remind everyone that this recording is for Star Wars Podcast Day. This is the fifth annual Star Star Wars Podcast Day. Uh, it's something that we here at World of Stars have been involved with since the very beginning. So, for those of you who don't know, this is the twenty fifth anniversary of the very first star wars podcast back in 1999 and there's a bunch of podcasts that for the last five years have been celebrating that day uh with just various topics and talking about what we love which is star wars um and this year there are over 90 podcasts that that are being involved in this which is the largest group we've had since it started uh just just to give you guys a little bit of a concept of how much this has grown the very first one we did had 40 podcasts involved. That was five years ago. So we have um, over, we've almost, we've more than doubled that um, in the last five years that we've been doing this. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, always a good time for all these different podcasts to kind of come together and, you know, just kind of uh, celebrate what we love, which is Star Wars. You guys are going to be big enough to start a convention soon. I know, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll take yeah. a free pass for that. Heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this episode, we are doing something that we've started doing uh, a few episodes ago, and we had a lot of, a lot of fun, fun with these. It, which is FanCast. Um, yeah. Uh, Garrett, why don't you kind of give a brief rundown of what we do with the FanCast? And- so what we do with the FanCast typically is we look at... Uh, casting a, a film version of something beloved in Star Wars. Uh, not too long ago, we did one for Shadows of the Empire. Um, and we, I think that ha- we've done one other, and I can't remember what it was. We did Shadows of the Empire, and we did, um, what one What one did we do? I don't remember. Like. That's how well my brain is functioning right now. It's like I, someone I, put a death star in my brain, and it has pulverized everything. Yeah. Um, but so typically, what we do is we go through, we look at the story as a whole, we um, identify how this could play out as a film, whether it's going to be a standalone or you know a series of films, and then we cast actors who would be appropriate. Now for this one, we are uh, we're doing the original Thrawn trilogy, the books written by uh, Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. Uh, those titles include uh, Heir to the Empire, uh, the hold on. Last Command, the la- uh, well, uh, Dark Force Rising, and the Last Dark Force Command. Rising, Last Command, yes. And um, so, looking at this, we're, we would be going back in. We'd be casting uh, characters. Uh, so th- this would be a th- for us the canonical version of Thrawn that we have grown up uh, with prior to his appearance in Rebels and in Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And uh, John actually set the rule for us on this. 
Um, yes. We are specifically going to be casting actors from the 80s and 90s. Now, given the fact that uh, the books didn't start coming out until 1991, my I'm I'm actually setting my basis at, for the like the the production of this as like 1994. Would that be a, a safe assumption? That would be good. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, 91 books came out in 91, 94. Yeah, I'd, I'd set the parameter to anywhere between 91 to 94 as far as the actors, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think we could start right off by saying, do you think that it would be safe to say that you could still you could still cast Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford? Yes. And uh, Billy D. Williams. And Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I don't think they would have changed that much in that no. period of time. No, I mean it would have been eleven years since uh, Return of the Jedi. But the only one I could say I'm sorry to cut you off is because um, he's so prickly. You might need to find a replacement for Harrison Ford because he might just be like, "I'm not going to do it." Yeah, yeah, and that's always possible. It would, yeah, it would be possible. I mean, he hated that character, so he I. Did. I he really did. And the only reason why he returned for the force awakens was because he got them to promise to kill him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say, let's just assume that he's, that the contract is good and he likes the, the direction that the character is going. Um, and that all those characters are back or all those actors are back. Let's focus. We're, our goal for this one is to mainly focus on, uh, actors to play the introduced characters mm -hmm. like Thrawn, like Mara Jade, um talent card talent card those are the those are the main three yeah. that get introduced in this one yeah um but i'm because i've i've got some ideas for how i would i would play this out okay so um all right well uh let's what i would say let's have our uh our our guest host uh have a trial by fire let's i, I want to hear what he has to say first okay which character did you want me to uh start um, with any of those three. Oh, we also have to introduce uh joris sabalf the yeah oh, uh, I, oh I forgot about and, 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 rook. Rook. and rook and rook and yeah. the nog gray yes uh, that's going to be interesting how they how they be you know with the with that technology you know, the technology of the time, how they pull off a character like the Null Gray. Hmm. All right, so I'll start with Mary Jade. Um, there were like three notable redheaded actresses in that area, so I kind of had to narrow it down. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Molly Ringwald is a good fit for the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I think Jodie Foster is too serious. Like she'd be better off playing like the emperor. Um, <laughs> so like, like she's way too serious. Like you can't, I don't even think she'd go on set. She'd be like, you want me to play with this light stick? What is this thing? I don't, I was in silence of the lambs. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to say that I think the person that would fit the care fit Mary Jade the most from what I've read of her character profile, because she's a great actress and uh, she's in that age range at the time would be Julianne Moore. Oh, okay. Julianne. That would be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Um, that's, that's, that is interesting. Actually. Yeah. I like that. I was, 
I was thinking for Mara, since we're talking Mara, we'll might as well start with her. That was hard because again, there's you know you don't want to go with um my mind went blank. Uh she was in aliens. Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Not Sigourney Weaver. Oh no, she was in no, she Are you talking about the actress who was in? Uh, um, no, no, I was talking about the actress who uh, she was an alien. She was in. It was uh, da, 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 tra uh, Terminator. Oh, oh Linda oh. Hamilton. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. I thought about her, but I'm like, I don't know if she really fits the. She she can do the the toughness, and I think she could do the action scenes, but the way Mara is also introduced is she's very sleek, she's very elegant. Yeah. She's elegant but deadly. I mean, um, the reason why she was so good in Terminator is because she has the emotions of a stone. Yeah. And this is a lady that's been tossed around. And and uh, I don't know if she would be able to pull that off. I agree with you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's as hard because I'm going to go, and this may be off on a limb, but just because I think she has the body type. She has the body type. She's got the red hair. Uh, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah would have been an interesting choice. I mean, she's she's. I mean, by that maybe point, a little, she, might be a little old for that point, but at my, at, at that point, oh, she wasn't God. really too far. Like she she kind of she kind of lost touch with reality later on in her career, yeah. and at that point, she was still a really good actress. So that probably yeah. would be a really good fit. Yeah. Um. My my thought on on this, um, so I, I had a couple of actresses that that popped up on on my purview for this. Uh, the first one was Bridget Fonda. Oh, uh, good call. That's because, a good call. Like, I've seen her as a redhead. Uh, if you see uh, Point of No Return, which is one of her big her big movies, um, she was great in that. Uh, it was an action. I mean, she it was an action movie. And it, say we filmed this in 1994, this would be she would have been 30 at the time, and th this she would have been. It would have been a, a really good fit for her uh, as uh, at, at coming off of Point of No Return, which I think was like in 1992 or 1993. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think she would have been a good fit. The other actress that I had that I think would have been really good and would have gotten her out of her niche of doing more like romantic or or comedic stuff would have been Brooke Shields, who would have been 29. Ooh. Because Ooh. Brooke Shields... How she's Brooke got, Shields look as a redhead? Well, I mean, if, if you if you do a search for her now, like I just typed into Google, how old was Brooke Shields in 1994? And the picture of her comes up with kind of this auburn hair. Like it's more on the darker side, but there's some red in, in it. And Ooh. like, it's not a bad look on her. She wasn't um, that old in 94. She was what 14 when she made the Blue Lagoon? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. She was she she would have been 29 in 94. And so she like like I think it would have been a good uh, a really good uh view for her because um she would have been able to uh she would have been able to get out of that niche of just being the pretty girl. She could have done something that was a little bit more action-packed. Mm. Um, and it would have kind of cemented her as um, a little bit more of a 
of a, a serious actress. Not that she wasn't, but you know, the would have put her my, on. Yeah, it would have put her on that path for doing something more than just you know TV spots or the occasional uh, you know cable t uh, movie. You saying Bridget Fonda reminded me of an actress, and if Julianne Moore turned the role down, because I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Moore, but if she turned the role down, Bridget Fonda, for some reason, made me think of Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yes. And at that, she'd be right, she'd be about the right age at that point. She would have yeah. been 32. Yeah. Yeah, and, that would be, yeah. And, and, in fact, she actually celebrates a, a, a birthday tomorrow, because we're recording oh, okay. this one. February fourth, it'll be February. Happy 15th. birthday! <laughs> um, but yeah, she she would be good because especially when she when she and Bridget Fonda were in the uh, uh, single white female. Yeah, um, that, I, that's Bridget what made me. Remind, I was like, she was in a movie. Wasn't Bridget Fonda in a movie with her? That's the one. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, I'll tell you. Movie. I'll tell you. Uh, we're not. I know we're not doing modern actors, but if you were to do a modern a modern take on it, I think a perfect uh, uh, person to to play. Marge today, and I just thought of it, Karen Gillian. Oh, from yeah, yeah, Karen Gillian. Like from, she's uh, got that. She's got that red Dr. hair. Who? She's got yeah. Doctor Who. She's got that red hair. She's got this. She's got the body type, and she's shown through Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought she, she can do action movies. So yeah, I, um, I think that would be a perfect. I think okay. I thought yeah. they were making we were making the cast with modern actors. I misread the assignment, so I had Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones down. Yeah, she would have been. I think she would have been good. A little bit difficult to work with, but she would have been good. Um, so, oh, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Oh, I, I, I thought we would go now to uh, an interesting character because I think it's going to be interesting to how they would pull it off. You'd have to have a voice actor to do it because the character would be behind either makeup or prosthetics or some sort of puppet, and that is the Nagre Rook. And I have for the voice of Rook, I have Tim Curry. I'm that looking was... at his picture now and I can't unsee it. Yeah, uh -huh. Tim Curry. I, I like that. Uh let me think. I, I, I mean I think at that time he was the kind of the voice, the, the voice character actor of that time period, was in a lot of stuff, but he was always able to kind of make his voice do different things and I mean, obviously today you have, I mean, various actors, voice actors who could do that. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot um, of, and there's a lot of the things that they could have done with like uh prosthetic now, makeup. Was, was, um, was, what's his name? Uh, when did Lord of the Rings come out? Uh, that was 20, uh, 2001 to 2003. Okay. Cause I was wondering if what's his, no, the guy who did a Smeagol. Oh, um, let, let me take a look. Um, because he would be a good one too for the voice because he can do different. Andy Circus has been a he's been an active, uh, active performer since at least the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, so he would have he probably wouldn't have been around. Yeah, um, well, I take the back. No, I take the back 1985, but he wasn't as well known. He was, uh, mm. he wasn't doing anything on major productions like that. Yeah. Um, he, so I think he would have been. I think he would have been really good in that role. Um, but I mean, given going back to, to to Tim Curry, I mean, if you look at his performance in Legend as as the mm. Darkness, I mean, he was under heavy prosthetics for that. He could easily pull off playing Rook. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, but could he do the act? Because Rook is an assassin. He's someone who's very stealthy. You know, we, I, mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you could have a stunt man do the do the act do the action scenes there. I I like the Tim Curry pick, but I'm going to go the opposite direction from you. Okay. Brad Dorf. Ooh. Ooh. I do like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Brad Dorf. Yeah, um cuz I mean he he did the voice for any, Chucky. the for Chucky and he's done a bunch of other creepy things as well. Um He was the doctor in Deadwood. Um. Yeah, he's, he's he been young enough to pull it off too, because you only would have been forty-four. Yeah. yeah. What do you, was he even that old? Because I remember he, his first movie. He was like a, a like fourteen, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So I guess yeah, that would make yeah yeah that would put him about that age, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a, a a really good fit. Um. I, I mean, you could get any character actor or, or or stunt performer to go inside the 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 makeup and then dub over the voice. It's voice, yeah, easy to do that because I mean that's essentially what they did with uh, with Chewbacca mm -hmm. and Vader and Vader. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in fact, um, I remember um, who who actually David Prowse. David Prowse. Um, when, when he was when he was in the, the makeup, um, I almost said Billy D. Williams. Um, my mind's gone blank. Darn Are you talking about the guy whose face was shown? Yeah, yeah no, J oh, James, Shaw. No, no, not Sebastian. Oh. When, uh, James Earl Jones would constantly say when people would talk about him playing Vader, he would say, "No, David Prowse played Vader. I was just, I was simply special effects." Well, and that's the problem I had with Hayden Christensen. Is because I didn't have a problem with him as an actor, but the presence of Vader, like that heavy step and that menacing walk, mm. and and it's really hard to nail down. And that's why I have a problem when Hayden Christensen plays him because he walks lighter, and you're and you're watching it, and it's like you're a foot shorter and you're walking a lot lighter, like you're almost out of run. <laughs> like, um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they, I think the problem, I don't think James Earl Jones was even supposed to voice that. I think the problem was if you've heard David Prowse, he has like a very soft British accent. Yeah. Yeah. And he came off as comical when he tried to do his lines unintentionally. And I, I mm -hmm. don't think it would have been, oh, funny about you should be mentioning dads. Or there was a time about 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It, I, yeah. But again, that's something that you know could be done in post. Um, let's change gears over to uh, Talon Card. Okay. Because he is he's a very interesting character. All right. Well, Garrett, like if, what, okay. What, okay. You start us off then. Yeah. So my thought with with a character like Talon Card, um, if we were going with actors who were around during that time um my first thought would have been um adrian paul and if you're unfamiliar with adrian paul uh, he was the actor that was cast in the usa uh uh series for the highlander he played uh he played Duncan oh yeah McLeod, uh, uh -huh. and from the clan mcleod 
And I mean, he's 64 now, but he would have been 35 back in 1994 if, if the film was being made there. Uh, he had the long hair at the time. He could pull off a decent uh, goatee. And I mean, you look at him from the Highlander series, he is a dead ringer for for uh, for Talon Card. Mm. Now, if if I was going to go with someone, um, and I mean, he could probably pull off the the char- the charisma as well because he, he was a very good actor. Um, however, if we were going to go with someone uh, else, you know, I'm 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 all for it because I, I you know I'm I'm not as familiar with actors who have this particular look back in the, at that time period. Mm. Well, I'm going in a completely different uh, way. I'm going is now I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen this actor with long hair or with a goatee, but I'm going more with just the, 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 the presence, the kind of that kind of cockiness, that kind of, I'm going with Michael Keaton. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I thought Michael Keaton. I I thought Robert Downey, but Robert Downey I think would be too young at that time. Still a teenager. Yeah. Mm, let's check. Hold on. Uh, he would have been twenty nine. Oh, that's yeah. I, he, he still would have been young. Yeah, you could you might have pulled it off, but we already know he looks good in a goatee. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, Michael Keaton. I mean, well, if you if you saw the Flash film, he does have long hair in that, but I think that yeah. was more prosthetics and a wig. You, um, you can see the prosthetics in the wig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there have been roles that he has done where he's had longer hair. It you know, um, I think Michael Keaton would have been a good fit for that. Yeah, there's yeah. one I'm picturing it in my head. He was in. It's a movie. Uh, it was a movie in the eighties. It was one of those screwball comedies. He was in like a mental institution or something, and they all took a van out. Uh, he had long hair in that. I forgot what it was called. It was one of those movies yeah. you'd see on a Sunday afternoon when TV channels still had movies on them. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he. I mean, he had long hair for Clean and Sober. He had. Um, he had. Kind of long hair for uh, Mr. Mom as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't remember Mr. Mom. I thought he had long hair. I wasn't sure though. And as yeah. far as the goatee, he can definitely pull that off because he had one in Birdman and it looked just fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess it's me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're at. Well, let's do. Um, let's do Captain Pelea. Oh, hold on! I didn't do Talon Card yet. Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, looking at his character profile, I'm saying one fit that would be. I'm pulling up the guy's age. Age now. Uh, he's had long hair. He's done everything. He's one of the best actors in the history of Hollywood. I would say Daniel Day Lewis. Hmm. Yeah, he would have been 37 at the time. He would have been a good fit. Um, had long hair and last of the Mohicans. He's had plenty of facial hair in various films. You know he could play any role given to him. Yeah, pretty much. And he's a method actor, so I'd love to see him mess with Harrison Ford. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be really good. 
<laughs> uh, no, you know what? I think that would be a, probably a better a better selection than anything we've come up with. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of Daniel Day Lewis. Bravo to you. I appreciate that. Yes. Very good. All right. Uh, well, I'm just mentioning Captain Playin. Uh, for me, I mean, is there anyone other than Sean Connery? Let me pull up his character profile. Who is this Captain Who? Captain Plan. He was the captain of the uh, Imperial Star Destroyer Chimera uh, under Grand Admiral Thrawn. I, I don't know if I cast Sean Connery because he'd take away from Thrawn. This is true. Yeah, just, I mean, just for his age, just for how iconic he was. That's true. But I mean, I'm just looking at the way he's described some of the some of the picture uh, characterizations that have been done of him. He kind of looks like that Sean Connery, yeah, um, type of a. Well, you could also you could have also cast Gerald McCraney in that. This is true. Yeah. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin would be good, although he might be he might be a little too snippy. Oh, yeah. you know what? Actually, who'd be good on that? John Aston was he still alive then? Yes, he was. Ooh. John Aston would have been a good fit for that, I think. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, that would have been interesting. It would be. It would be. You know, something. You know, because most people would have known him from what Adam's Family. Yep, Adam's yep. Family. He's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So it would be very, you know, to go from, you know, a lot of people knowing that for more comedic role to something more serious. That would have been, I, I, it would have been really good to see. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. And I've, I've routinely said on, on our podcast that uh, comedic actors usually make for the best dramatic actors because they will end up uh, being able to flip on a piece of dialogue or a scene and be able to react to it with a much more nuanced or much more uh, realistic ad lib mm. than your, your more dramatic thespians. Yeah. Because, oh yeah. Every well, time look, I watch um, every Thanksgiving, I watch planes, trains and automobiles. And I, uh, like I ball my eyes out. Like the ending still hits me the same every time with yeah. John King. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, we'll look at the, uh, the comedic actors that we've had that have been able to switch to serious, and and be successful, I think Tom Hanks. <coughs> Tom Hanks started out as, as a comedic comedic. We just mentioned him in um uh da, 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 what? yeah, the guy the guy that I picked for for uh, uh Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Christopher uh, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah, they all started out as comedic actors. And Christopher Lloyd's been in Star Wars. Yes. And Star yeah, Trek. he was in uh season three of The Mandalorian. Mm. He was underused, I think. Yes. Uh, well, who do we have? Uh, yeah, have you said your? Um, I, to be honest, I didn't really look into Palan much. I'm, I'm kind of good with anything that you guys put together. I've actually, I spent more of my time focusing on Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay. Okay. Well, we might as well get to the big, the big dog then. Uh, who do you have as your Grand Admiral Thrawn, Garrett? Oh, you're going to love this one. Now, I did think of Daniel Day-Lewis after after Ambrose said and mentioned him just a, a little bit ago. Okay. Um, 
but my the one that stood out to me the most was Armand Asante. If you're if you're not familiar with that name, uh, he starred opposite um, Judge Dredd uh, alone in Judge Dredd. He played he played Rico, and he would have been 45 at the time, which is probably in the prime age range for uh, for Thrawn. But he had that jet black hair. Um, he was never opposed. He had a very physically commanding uh, presence on screen. A very strong guy. And he uh, was good at playing villainous characters, mm-hmm. um, like like he like in uh, Judge Dredd, for example. I mean, he would play this really unhinged, physically imposing character, but he also had an intelligence to him that just he kind of went off the rails because he let his personal spite for for Dredd get the better of him. Mm-hmm. But I've seen him in other roles where he is where the his uh, performance is a little bit more subsumed. He did, uh, NBC used to do these TV miniseries type movies back in the nineties. And one of the ones they did in the mid to late nineties was on the Odyssey and he played Odysseus. And, uh, there are scenes where he is playing the character very well. He's very, he's very quiet. Like the scene where Odysseus finally makes it back to Ithaca and he's watching all these would be suitors, uh, trying to court his, his, wife thinking that she's that she's a widow and he's just watching all of this and he he's very quiet very unassuming and then he finally reveals himself and just takes out the whole lot of them mm. so yeah. perfect ringer for for thrawn yeah unfortunately for him i mean he was a really good actor he just got roped into a lot of dud roles um yeah. he's kind of like it's kind of like when i tell people that johnny ramon was a classically trained guitarist they're like, he only played three chords. I was like, he only played the songs that were written for him. Guy was actually a really good guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, for me, for my Grand Admiral Thrawn, I went with Jeremy Irons. Ooh, great pull. I, great I looked at pull. I looked at the at the, the the tall lankiness again. He's got that jet black hair. He's got that cool. British accent, that upper class British accent that can just, and he can play a villain. We yeah. know he can play a villain. Um, I think, yeah, I, I just, I just see Jeremy Irons, and I thought, oh yeah. yeah. Has Jeremy Irons ever played a protagonist? Um, not exactly. Like he, he, he has played a protagonist, or at least somewhat of a heroic character. Well, um, not Scar. Scar doesn't count. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, if, if you ever watch the really, really poorly made Aragon uh, movie based off the book, he plays Brom, who is Aragon's uh, uh, mentor figure. And, and he is more or less a he, he's kind of the Ben Kenobi to Aragon's Luke Skywalker. So the um, one time he turns to the good side and it fails. But he, I mean, he's also done other things. Like um, he was in one called he was in a, a film back in the eighties called M Butterfly, um, which he he's a he's the protagonist, but it's, it's not necessarily like a good guy bad guy type of situation. He is a he he's a, a liaison for uh, for an embassy, and he gets he basically becomes the victim of of uh, communist uh, espionage. Mm. 
All right. Uh, is it on me on this one now? Yeah. Okay, so I, I have two that I'm that okay. I'm really sold on. If we're making it in the 80s, I go with Anthony Hopkins. Oh, that would have been my pick. Mm. But I've got him for another role. Uh, if we're making oh. it in the 80s, I go with Anthony Hopkins for the same reason you went with Jeremy Irons. I can just see him just coldly saying, loss of one or two reason that. As uh, acceptable loss. Let's move on. We'll take him on the next one. Uh, <laughs> um, and then if they were going to wait until the 90s to make it, I would have gone with Alan Rickman. Mm. Just because he was literally thrown in Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about Rickman too, but I don't know. I, I think that what I, 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 for me, it was the voice. Like I think I think Rickman has too much of a nasally voice. You know, that is true. Speak, you know, and I see. You know, Irons has that sort of very you know cold, calculating. Uh, either way, either one would be good. I mean, I, I I I mean, I like Hopkins as much as I like Irons. Now I'm surprised I didn't think of Irons to tell you the truth. Yeah. Like I thought of Kenneth Branagh, but then, but he was too young at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they're making it now. I'd go with Kenneth Branagh. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they did a good job of casting who they who they have for Thrawn now. Well, isn't it the same guy that did the voices? It's the same guy that yeah. did the voice, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lars Mikkelsen, brother of uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who played Galen Urso in Rogue One. Mads, oh, you fired your villain. I'm going to come in now, Mikkelsen. <laughs> <laughs> Mads, my phone is ringing. Who lost their job this time? <laughs> I mean, it's uncanny. That poor guy. It's like, that's what you're known for. Like the guy from uh, Married with Children who was known for coming on series when they were getting canceled. Uh, what's his name? The guy that was in Revenge of the Nerds. Every time he'd appear on a TV show, it would get canceled. Oh, Mads yeah. And Mads Mickelson is like the guy that just replaces people that got fired. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Sean Bean's like, all right. Sean walks on set. All right. When am I going to get killed? Yeah. They should just give the guy a red shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's only one movie that I know of that where Sean Bean is in it and he does not get killed. No, I yeah. Two movies. I, 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 I saw that and I forgot the name of it. And I was like, wait a minute. This isn't a movie. He's still alive. The first one. <laughs> Is the first National Treasure movie? Yeah, that was it. That one. That's the, the second one I've seen that where he doesn't get killed at all or shot at or anything. He plays Zeus in Percy Jackson and the Olympians: The Lightning Thief. That was him. That was him. Oh man. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. All right, now who do we have left? Sabalp. Oh, George Sabalp. This is. Are now, you this casting is one... the kids? I think you could do anything because the kids, the kids in the book were were still what like toddler. Yeah. No. 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 I, wait. Jason and Jaina. No, wasn't Jason no. the um in um in uh, Dark Force Rising? Uh, Leia was pregnant with the twins. Yeah. But wasn't Ben Solo not the real Ben Solo? Not Jason. That ben, Solo? ben was Ben was based on Jason. Yeah. He was what? Ben Skywalker. He was Mara and Luke's kid. 
That's what I meant. Ben Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. He's not at this point. Uh, Mara and Luke are still somewhat. They're not together yet. Trying to consummate the relationship. Well, she's trying to establish a relationship. Well, well, she's trying to establish a lightsaber through his through his through his skull. Oh, well, it is it is Mark Hamill. He's probably still whining about those damn power converters. (laughs) It's either that or he got connected with a uh, Giver suit. (laughs) That's a deep cut right there. Anyway, um, for Joris Sabalth, I wanted to go with someone who who could who could be menacing, who could be wizened, who could also be unhinged. Mm. And this is where my pick for Anthony Hopkins would have been coming into play. Ooh. Because, oh, yeah. because if you, I mean, if you look at the kind of character he played in Silence of the Lambs, he was a very, he was very helpful, but he was incredibly manipulative. And we've seen him play unhinged characters in the past, as well as mentor figures. And, and I like, there's kind of a, like with Sabalf and just the way he plays out in the books while he's very serious there's a bit of whimsy to him and Anthony Hopkins is good at playing whimsical. Um, like for example, when he's playing the, uh, the version of Odin being kind of mimicked by Loki in uh, Thor Ragnarok, you know, he's, he's sitting there, he's acting. Obviously the audience knows it's Loki. Nobody else has figured it out, but there's this whimsical tone because it's Loki just having fun wearing somebody else's skin, which seems to be something that Hopkins is okay with doing is wearing somebody else's skin. Mm. Cause he has done that. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go. Let's see. This is, this is hard. This is, this is the one I did. I had to kind of, Look up a few actors of that age group. Yeah, um, this one's difficult for me too. I'm, I'm gonna go. So this is the guy he played in uh, Seventh Seal, Exorcist, Flash Gordon, for and The Force Awakens. So he's got a Star Wars tie. Max von Snydow. Ooh, Snydow. Ooh. What about it, uh, you could also go with Ian McKellen. You could have gone with even with Christopher Lee at the time. Um, basically, any old British guy. Basically, yes. Yeah, just put a big wizard wizard uh, uh, beard on him with long white hair. Well, I mean, George Sabalth was essentially Gandalf if Gandalf had gone completely off the, off the deep end and started dropping yeah. acid. Um. I had to do a deep dive on this because I really, without reading the books, I couldn't find an actor to fit the character profile. This one was kind of hard for me. Mm -hmm. So I found an actor that has literally done everything. He's almost won every award, and no one ever really brings him up. And um, I would go with F. Murray Abraham. Ooh. Ooh. He would be very good. Yeah. He would have been very good. He's in the same age group as Hopkins. Um, he's one of those actors that's weird because he's literally been in almost, he's like Carl Weathers. He's literally been in almost everything and no one ever brings him up. Like yeah. No one... yeah. He would have been that would have been a very interesting 
I mean, you for this one, you could you could just about cast anybody, and they'd do a really good job. I mean, even even uh, Christopher Lloyd would would have made for a good Joris Sabouth. I think so too. I, I can think of a few actors that would not. I would not put a Joris Sabouth. Um, I, I don't think before or after Back to the Future, because if you see George Sabouth, you're going to see Doc Brown. Not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because if think about it though. Because if you look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which came out around the same time as Back to the Future Part Two, Christopher Lloyd plays Judge Doom, and it's a completely different character from what he's used to, and he scared an entire generation of kids. Yo, I, mean, I still want to get revenge for that shoe. Seriously, right? No, yeah. no one ever even went to console the other shoe. <laughs> that shoe is just alone, still in Toontown. Waiting for his buddy to come home. The doctor would be okay because they're always missing one, but you know, <laughs> another shoe. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's because I guess you could say the same thing with Lloyd because he was in Taxi and everyone would have thought he was a stoner. So yeah, I guess he's a good yeah, and he's a great actor. So yeah, he would have he would have shook it. Well, I mean, he played a Klingon in Star Trek, <laughs> and I mean, he's he's a, he's another one of those guys where he. In the '80s, you look at a movie and he pops up everywhere. I like. I don't understand how it became Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. It should be Six Degrees of Christopher Lloyd. Well, Kevin like, Bacon's just in everything yes. and everyone. <laughs> I mean, there's a picture of him getting a, a you know a copy of a uh, Van Halen record signed by David Lee Roth, and in 1978, and it was before he ever became a named actor. He is so tiny. Yeah. I, uh, I I I I'm a career server. There's a restaurant in Annapolis called Ramshead. It has a concert venue. One, I feel bad for his brother because the band's name is the Bacon Brothers. No one knows his brother's name. He introduces himself. He says, "Hi, I'm Kevin Bacon. This is my brother." Doesn't even say his brother's name. <laughs> like, and and he he and honestly, like he's a super nice guy. Aside from that, I was just like, man, that's a, that's cold, Kevin. <laughs> You just That's kicked funny. your brother to the side. And, um, but, but isn't that a brother thing to do? I, but yeah, like, yeah. But it's, it's really weird because his brother's like a normal height. Like his, I'm 5'10", his brother's like up to me. Kevin Bacon's diminutive. Like when you see him in person, he's like, I don't think he's about, I don't think he's past 5'3". Yeah, he's like, wow. he's like really short. He, yeah, he, he's got that dancer's build. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, I think we're getting out to be about that time, though, John. Yes, we are. We need to kind of wrap things up. I, I, I think as far as I, I, this movie, I think you have to do this movie as a trilogy. Yeah, it, it would be too. Of, it, or at least do it as a series. I think we put together a good movie. I think I we did too. too. I yeah. think Disney oh, needs to give us Star last, Wars. Last one. Who do we have direct? Oh, simple. Robert Zemeckis. Ooh. I like it. Okay. I wouldn't do Spielberg. Um, no. You go, and I got to think about that. Um, uh, I, I like that. I like Robert Zemeckis. Unless, unless you're going to bring out George himself to direct it. How dark are the books? Because you're, you're talking to a guy who hasn't read them. They're, they get pretty bleak. I mean, there's like a whole scene at the end of Dark Force Rising where they blow out an airlock and they find all these clone canisters full of dead stormtroopers that have just suffocated to death. Done. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, but then oh, it would take like 
like 10 years for them to film and he'd die in the process. <laughs> oh wait, he already did that with a movie. <laughs> I would I would I would say Oliver Stone, but then it would, like each movie would be seven hours long with an explanation for each day. Everybody would be on all the cocaine. With an explanation for the death of each stormtrooper. <laughs> Done as a pseudo documentary style. He got run over by an errant Vespa. Yes, there were Vespas back then. <laughs> oh gosh. And if, if, not, if not if not Kubrick, I go. There were a bunch of great act. There were a bunch of great directors in the eighties. Um, Zemeckis is good, but Zemeckis is kind of too whimsical for a dark movie. I know Roger Rabbit got dark, but um, it was still kind of on the. Roger Zemeckis also did uh, um, what lies beneath, yeah. which was Harrison Ford and, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And that um, was a ghost story mixed with a murder mystery. I go with. I mean, why not just get one of the guys that did the trilogy? Why not get Kirshner? Oh, that would be good, too. No, just don't get or, George Lucas. Or, or John McTiernan. And I like it. I like where this is going. Because mm. uh, he already has an established track record with, uh, with uh, Die Hard and Predator. This, I just thought and, this. and by this point he would have had a track record with uh, Hunt for Red October. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Warren Beatty. No. Because he tried to put a dark. net bending in everything. What'd you say? He tried to put a net bending in there. Oh yeah. About, she, she'd end up being Mary Jade. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was still around around at the time, and it would be a little out there. Uh, Retman, Ivan Retman. Uh, it would become eccentric and incoherent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got to wrap oh, it up. Oh, wait, wait, I got a wild card on this. I just thought of it. Okay, Jonathan Landis. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, we need to wrap things up. Uh, uh, Ambrose, why don't you tell the people out there in internet land where they can find you at? Well, first off, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I write for Geek News Now. You go to www.geeknewsnow.net. Uh, my latest article was a write-up on Carl Weathers, uh, pretty much a summary of his career and uh, more of a, a send-off to him. So if you uh, just want to read a little bit about his life and... Um, and uh, you know, and see a good send off. That's what I've published recently. I also have published a review of the Echo series. Um, I, I mean, you don't have to. I watched it, so you don't have to. So that's how I'll sum it up. Um, uh, yeah, so you can find my writing at geeknewsnow.net. You can see me weekly with my good friend William Morgan. Ho uh, he's the host of the Geek News Gauntlet on the Geek News Now YouTube channel every Saturday night at 10 p.m. And other than that, I go where I'm needed. So, All right. Well, uh, Garrett is out attending uh, to his child, I think. How dare you, sir? How dare I you? How dare you? <laughs> I say, how dare For shame, for shame. I've tried to talk like Sam the Eagle and failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you? So you guys, you guys can find me on a couple of different platforms. I'm on Instagram and X at GKJ underscore publishing, where I post about my uh, my books, the archives of Asink Ran. I also post about my YouTube channel, which is called GKJ Publishing, on which I do a show called The Right Way. On that show, we talk about uh, book recommendations, author interviews, and creative writing tips. Uh, new episodes come out each month. I just had a live stream uh, last week. And then I'm also part of a, uh, I've been producing a new podcast that I started uh, just a few weeks ago called uh, Storytellers Dealing with Divorce, uh, talking about some of the healing journey that I've gone through over the last three years. And so that can be found on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you find your podcasts. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, before we go, on behalf of William Morgan, I would also like to extend the invitation to both of you gentlemen. Um, I'm sure he'll agree with me when I say you're both welcome to come on the gauntlet at any time. If you want, just let him know in the week beforehand. Uh, it's Saturday nights at 10. We have a lot of fun. We cut a little loose. Um, sometimes I may or may not have had too much to drink. You know, who knows? <laughs> but um, the invitation's there. Uh, let you, you know, you know, William, so you can let him know if you want to come on, John. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, as for us right here, if you want to get a hold of the show here, you can do so at War of the Stars One at gmail.com. That is also our handle on X. All other social media accounts are under War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We're, of course, a proud member of Geek News Now. Um, had a lot of fun being a part of GNN. Uh, this, of course, is our episode for the Star Wars podcast show. Um, I think what else? Oh, uh, big announcement. Uh, I know she's not here right now, but me and my daughter will be returning in March with Star Wars for the Eyes of a Child, <laughs> where we will be going through the Clone Wars in canonical order. Um, it's been That's always a lot of fun. She. How uh, old is your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? Nine years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spare her the Marquez sisters. <laughs> why didn't we watch these episodes? Because I love you. That's why. <laughs> that's um, what I'm going to tell my daughter when episode eight is missing out of the queue. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we've been having a lot of fun. Uh, Captain Rex is one of her favorites. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. She also, also, also liked Vader. Um, in fact, a little tangent here before we sign off. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were able to go see. Okay. Uh, nice meeting you, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett has to get going. Uh, yeah, um, we were able to see a, a screening of um, Return of the Jedi. A local really? radio state, local radio station, uh, had it. Uh, at we got like a a theater, like an old old theater. Like a hundred years old, it's got the uh, um, balconies, the balcony, and everything like that. It was seven dollars, uh, and we went and saw that, and it was oh, a lot man. of fun. They had like a they had a, the five hundred first was there, and they had a trivia. Radio station did trivia. We went tickets. To oh, TV so it was TV. like a really like a screening. Like yeah, had, it was like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. We had like on the big screen. Uh, like it wasn't like you just there. went to the movies. There was it was an event. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we went tickets to see ET in March. Awesome. So we're gonna do that. Uh, me and my wife are gonna do that. But anyway, 
back to what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars The Eyes of a Child will be returning in March. Um, as for us right here, um, as we always say, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>